The monotone sounds of Mr. Brock, ladies and gentlemen. Padded Room Podcast. My name is Darian. Padded Room Radio is back on the air, you maniacs. It's a fucking solo show. It's a solo show, you maniacs. You did it. You finally scared off my co-hosts. Are you happy? Are you happy with yourselves? You, You did it. Mission accomplished. Now I'm right back to sitting in here by myself. Talking about horror movies, it's just me and you tonight, inmates. Uh, Buddy is not here, obviously. Uh, His son had a major operation uh, this last week, and there have been some complications, so Buddy is with him in the hospital. Let's all wish him a speedy recovery. I'm sure Buddy will be back next week. Hopefully. If everything goes according to plan, he should be back next week. Miss Monica is also not here. Uh, She had some uninvited house guests show up. And I don't, uh, I don't know. I, maybe they were invited. Maybe, knowing her, she probably invited them, forgot that she invited them, and now they're uninvited, but they showed up anyway because they were originally invited. Fucking assholes. Anyway, Monica is not here either. I shouldn't talk shit about Monica's relatives. I'm sure they're very nice people. They're from either Southern California or Hungary. One of the, which, from what I understand, is not all that different. The two, the two regions. Either way, I'm here. It's just you and me tonight, inmates. Uh, I'm going to make this a little creepy. I'm going to get a little uh, awkward on you. It's not too often that we get some alone time. You understand that? (laughs) Let's get creepy with it, man. I got a fucking horror show for you anyway. I got horror news, listener mail. Uh, We got some immersion therapy to talk about, a movie to get into. We're going to wrap up uh, Foreign Horror Month this week. Thank fucking Christ for that, man. Look, I don't, there are some decent foreign horror movies. I'm just tired of reading. You know, I read at a third grade level, dude. I'm not going to lie to you. And when I had, what, this one was uh, about an hour and a half long. It took me about four hours to get through because I had to keep stopping and rewinding to go back to the subtitles. Because I thought I missed something. So, son of a bitch, I'm glad with that. We're done with that. But uh, next month, um, September, is going to be Shark Month, courtesy of Tim in Australia. He's got five shark movies lined up for us. How dope is that? I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, not all of them are good. There's some uh, some shit <laughs> some shit shows in there, but we'll get into that next month. First, we got to close out the foreign horror situation with Good Night Mommy. We got horror news. We got listener mail to get into. I think I'm going to start some some shit with some horror news. Oh Jesus Christ! 
<laughs> Horror news. Yeah. Um, it's just me, so this is probably going to be a shorter news segment, but I'll give you what I got. I am not okay with this. Have you seen this show? It's on Netflix. Um, it stars the chick from It, the the little Beverly, Beverly Marsh girl. She, uh, in this, this show, was basically like a Carrie-type uh, chick, but with a lot more high school drama and a lot less... Um, uh, I don't know, exploding head. Well, there was an exploding head. But, um, you know, it's more high school drama, less horror, I think. It wasn't a bad show. I didn't mind it at all. I was excited for season two. Unfortunately, Netflix has canceled. I am not okay with this. I am okay with that. Um, I felt like it had nowhere else to go but down after the first season. I, I, it, but it left us on a cliffhanger. So now I'm kind of pissed off because I wanted to see what we were doing there. We're never going to know, inmates. It's, uh, it's gone. It's ancient history. Uh, never to be seen again. I am not okay with this. That's unfortunate. I was looking forward to that. Uh, the Stand. Redo. Reboot. Remake. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. Coming to CBS All Access this December. Now, a couple of things, man. It... <sighs> I'm not mad at this, but the, I I have a major bone to pick with Stephen King, and it, well, not really, um, with people that want to make Stephen King novels into made-for-TV movies, which is pretty much exactly what's happening here with this. Again, the first Stand movie was a made-for-TV opus. It was like nine fucking hours long, and it had all the best parts of the book taken out which I do not immediately recall because it's been forever since I read the book. But, dude, I don't understand why... Like, this would be a great movie. We could, we could, we could do like we did with It, make it a two-parter. You know what I'm saying? Um, and put the, the better parts in there, but if you're going to put it on CBS All Access, you're kind of defeating the purpose of making a Stephen King movie, man. You, you, you can't show boobies. You, uh, you, the gore is going to be minimal. Violence is going to be toned down. So why even bother, dude? I wasn't a huge fan of the original stand, to be honest with you. I felt like it got right into soap opera land uh, very quickly, and I wanted to see more of this plague business and the, you know, the good versus evil. Instead, what do we got? Laura San Giacomo trying to figure out which dick she wants to suck. Ew! I'm not into it. Kira Knightley. God, we haven't heard from her in a while, have we? She will search for a mythical creature in Apple TV's upcoming TV show, The Essex Serpent. Well, I got a pretty good idea which mythical creature she's going to be searching for. It's going to be The Essex Serpent. Don't ask me what the fuck that is. Uh, I assume it's some kind of a giant snake situation in Essex, England, I would assume. Is that a place in England? I don't know. I, you know, Kira Knightley's English, so... She doesn't have to not fake not having a accent if that's the way we're going to go. What happened to her, man? We haven't seen any any of her since uh, that. What was that? Pirates of the Caribbean three, I think the third one. Was she even in that one, or was that the one with Penelope Cruz? I don't know. Um, that was like ten, twelve years ago, dude. So I like to. Th- I I hope she put a few pounds on, and I'm not being chauvinistic. I just think she never she never looked healthy to me i'm not saying she's not attractive she just you look at that young lady and you think to yourself she smokes a lot of cigarettes 
have to, have to to maintain that weight, I assume, right? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, it looks like poster art is up for The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is going to be the theoretical second season of The Haunting of Hill House, but without actually having anything to do with The Haunting of Hill House. It's kind of like an American Horror Story situation here. Now, I'm, psych- I'm, I'm psyched for this uh, in a way. In a way, I'm psyched for it because it's going to be, uh, what's his name, Flanagan? The, the, or was it Doherty? Mike Flanagan? I think it was Flanagan that did uh, The Haunting of Hill House. And it's going to be directed by him, which is great. He did a great job with The Haunting of Hill House. But the source material for The Haunting of Bly Manor is something I'm not a huge fan of. From what I understand, and don't quote me on this, but from what I understand, it's going to be based on The Turning of the Screw. Which we just just this year got a really shitty film adaptation of starring Finn Wolfhard. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. It's not that great. And to be honest with you, there have been other adaptations of it. And I don't think any of them have been that great. And I, I, I have not read the book. Maybe the book is way better. It, it, more, it has very little to do with the supernatural. It has to do with an English nanny slowly losing her mind and... Um, you know, wanting to blame ghosts in the big uh, house and possibly psychopathic kids and things like that. But, spoiler alert, she's just going crazy. She's a bit of a nutbag. So, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment on this. I'm not too excited for it. I am going to reserve judgment. He might surprise us. You know what I mean? It might turn out to be badass. We don't know. Lastly, uh, speaking of cancellations, it looks like Showtime has canceled Penny Dreadful City of Angels. I have not seen this one. It looked good. It was set in 1940s Los Angeles, and it had the chick from Game of Thrones in it. Um, Natalie Dormer, Dormer, I think is her name. Screaming hot, that young lady. But uh, I, I, I never got. I, I love the original Penny Dreadful, three seasons. Uh, that was Victorian England. I was excited to check this one out. Um, I'll probably pick it up on Blu-ray or something whenever it shows up somewhere somehow. I'll definitely take a look at it. Uh, but I don't. I mean, there's not going to be a second season though. So really, why bother? I guess is what I'm saying. Especially if they did another cliffhanger ending. Sons of bitches! I hate that man. If you're not going to pick it up for a second season, then just stop. You know, just stop it. Stop what you're doing. Stop making d- done. Forget it. Uh, All right, you maniacs. That's all we got on the horror news. How about a little listener mail? This is the part where you guys all send me dick pics. (laughs) And hopefully some boobies. Can can you flash us some boobies? Uh, do Do I have any female listeners left? I don't think I do. Listener mail. Listener mail. Uh-huh. Uh, let's just see here what we have in store in the mailbag. Uh, we're going to start it off with some emails and some voicemails, and we're going to go straight to Sydney, Australia. Here comes our main man, Tim. Uh, subject line, sorry, Kong. Oh, no, he's voting for the Terradome. Hey guys, hope all is well. The Blob has this... Sorry, Kong. I love you, but yeah, how do you defeat the Blob? Much love, guys. Tim. 
Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know what... Uh, if King Kong were to get in a fight with the Blob, I don't really see Kong figuring out the cold thing. So I see him like trying to punch it, and then he goes into the Blob, and then that's the end of King Kong. Is how I... I don't see how anybody else could possibly rationalize that any other way, man. I'm with you, Tim. Well said, sir. We got another uh, email here from right here in Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Subject line, Pterodome and such. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is still surviving the smoke and staying safe. Well, I'm doing just fine there, cowboy. I can't speak for my two knucklehead co-hosts. I'll start with immersion therapy. We summon the darkness. I actually watched this about a week before... And though predictable, I thought it was a fun movie. I did enjoy the bit with the dad pissed at the colossal failure in taking a moment to have a beer and a cookie. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Dude, anything with Alexandra Daddario is A-OK in my book. I prefer that she get naked, if at all possible. I think that's only happened once, and that was for a fleeting moment in, uh, uh, what was that, Uh, True Detective, season one. On horror news... And the Babysitter sequel, I enjoyed the first one, and fingers crossed that the sequel holds holds up, though Samara Weaving is not in it. Another upcoming movie is Murder in the Woods. Looks like your standard slasher with a fully Latino cast. Cue low-cut shirts, running and bouncing cleavage. You're welcome, gents. It also stars Danny Trejo. (laughs) Of course it stars Danny Trejo. With the highest movie death count currently at 65 and counting, which we can hope he gets a fun death scene in this movie. In more news, Funko Pop announces, just kidding, though I'm sure Darian is inwardly groaning, Ow, with the fucking Funko Pop, cowboy. I've actually only bought myself one, and that was Ash for the purposes of having a Bruce Bruce Campbell autograph. Well, that's pretty cool. I've actually got uh, three or four of these fucking things running around here. I used to have one of those horror block subscriptions, and they'd throw one in every now and then. And uh, I think Cake Wolf sent me one, and I think Doctor Dale gave me one or two. I got I got a couple around here. I'm not, dude. I don't. I'm not. I'm. I don't hate the Funkos. I just. Uh, I just don't get it. You know, and I don't understand how these fucking things are worth so much. You know what I mean? Guy I work with told me he has an Indiana Jones one that's like uh, six, seven hundred dollars. Go fuck yourself. I'm not. It's a fuck. It's a stupid doll with a square head. How has anybody paid? I don't get it, man. I don't get I, See, now I'm getting all worked up again. All right. Uh, back to Cowboy. As for Terror Dome, and yes, I'm listening to episode 30 while writing this. Oh, God. Vote goes to the blob mainly because I doubt Kong could figure out freezing before he was devoured. The geek in me immediately thinks D&D gelatinous cube and how many have died against that. I do look forward to the next Terradome season and a chance to pick a horse to follow through the matchups. Well, it's probably going to be here before we know it there, cowboy. And I hope you will participate just like everybody else. That's two more for the blob. Three quick things with doing my homework and listening way back. I wish you wouldn't do that, cowboy. Those early shows are garbage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Darian, if you don't want us to listen back, telling us not to is a sure way for us to do it. Haha, <laughs> yeah, I know. First, Darian, you mentioned 31 Smithridge and living there as a kid. Small world as I lived in those townhouses also and thought it was a cool bit of info. Oh, wow. That will... <laughs> what do you know about that, cowboy? It was actually 39 Smithridge, but you're, you're pretty close. 
Second, Monica made a joke about a blind game for Darian and guessed the tits. You could really throw Darian off by not only including ladies and see if he notices the difference. <laughs> I tell you what, my friend, I know some dudes with some wonderful breasts. Um, I don't think they manscape, though, so I'm going to be able to pick those ones out pretty quick. Third, speaking of, da- of games, did you all ever play the Midnight Game? Hearing Darian talk about the mythos behind it sounded interesting. And I'll be looking it up when I have the time. We did not play the Midnight Man game. I would love to. Uh, the problem with that is, number one, Monica lives in Carson City, so it's like an hour drive for her to get here. Number two, uh, Buddy has a new girlfriend, so he's always busy around midnight, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, number three, I don't want to do it by myself. <laughs> so there's that. I would love to do it, man. It's creepy as shit. I'm sure nothing's going to happen, but I would still like to do it and film it. And uh, I don't know, see if I can't piss my pants or something. <laughs> uh, I look forward to listening to tonight's show as the start of my work day. Everyone be safe and keep up the great job entertaining the rest of us degenerates. Cowboy. Thanks for writing in there, cowboy. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Right on, dudes. We got a couple of voicemails here. Oh, let's see what we got here. We're going to kick things off in the dirty old funky south with the Salimo of people that call into the podcast. It's my main man, Alan. Alan and Room, what's up? What's up, Alan? M60 of people that call into your podcast. Sure. Hope everybody's doing good. Um, I'm fine. I got no idea who Monica is. I mean, that sounds more like an action flick than a horror movie. It It also sounds familiar, but I can't really figure it out. I'm going to tell you. Uh, Terror Dome, give me the blob, because yeah. I just don't... I mean, King Kong's just going to turn into a skeleton. It doesn't make any sense, man. I don't sense, think man. he can defeat the blob. I don't anyway, think so, either. That's all I got. Hope you are doing good. Bye. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Yeah, this is looking like a blowout for the blob. i got to be honest with you, inmates. I feel like the blob's going to run away with this one. I don't know. I think there's one... There's two possibles that could beat him. And it all comes down to environment. And uh, it really depends on one of those two guys going to the championship round. Well, other than that, man, I think he's he's probably going to run the table, which kind of sucks because I think uh, big man Japan has to fight him next, and that's my guy. Fuck. All right, let's get over to uh, Salt Lake City. Here comes the ambassador of the paranormal, the Padded Room Podcast. It's Troy. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, it's Troy. What's going on, Troy? Uh, calling in for the Terror Dome. Yes, sir. King Kong, hands down. Yeah? This is the blob like a booger. Okay. These uh, uh, matchups are really bizarre, and the outcome are like, really? I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, but uh, I guess it is what it is on this <laughs> level of uh, craziness. It's an experiment. Anyway, um, and I've seen a bunch of movies, but nothing too great. Uh, there was one called The Pale Door. Hmm. Um, you might like it. It's a Western. It's kind of like, I think, uh, Quick and the Dead Ooh. Eats the Witches. That's what it reminded me of. It was really cool. I'm into that. Had its moment, but at the end, it kind of left me hanging like, oh, no. You hmm. know, like kind of like a good feeling kind of thing. But, yeah. Uh, not too bad. 
check it out when you get a chance. And, sure. Uh, anyway, that's about it. And I uh, hope cooling off and staying safe, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Troy. The Pale Door. I don't, you know, I don't, it's, it's funny how a bad ending can kill a pretty good movie. I, uh, Cabin in the Woods, for example. Probably one of the worst movie endings I've seen in my life. Love the movie. Uh, I tend to turn it off about 15 minutes before it ends, so <laughs> that ending really sucked. Uh, the Pale Door, I will check that one out. And uh, let me take a look at the old junk folder, make sure nobody got junk this week. Mm, nope, looks like that's about it for this week. Well, thank you very much, Cowboy, uh, Tim, uh, Alan, and Troy for writing and calling in. Um, I think it's about time for me to get into another foreign horror film. Oh, here we go. Good night, Mommy! <laughs> Good night, mommy. Good night, mommy. I can make that sound really pervy if I want to. Good night, mommy. <laughs> yeah, it's that one. It's from uh, 2014. It's directed by Severin Fiala. Written by Veronica Franz. Got 6.7 stars on IMDb. Stars Lucas Schwartz, Elias Schwartz, and Susan Wust. 
I am probably uh, butchering all of those pronunciations. This one's German, I think, or technically Austrian, perhaps. I can't say for sure. I don't really give a shit. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, we've we've seen this before, inmates. That's I'm not mad at it. I'm gonna tell you right now. But we uh, once once. Well, I'm going to have to spoil it for you, so I'm sorry, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Our movie starts with two twins, identical twins, running through a corn maze. Now, they are not a corn maze, a corn field, I suppose, but um, one of them is wearing a mask. And, I mean, this was a first-time watch for me, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's because I've seen as many horror movies as I have, and uh, a couple that this is almost a direct ripoff of, but it took me all of about 16 minutes to figure out exactly what this movie was and where it was going. And I was not so inaccurate with it. And I think you will be also. Um, anyway, they're running through the, uh, the cornfield there. One of them's got a, a mask on, kind of like a weird homemade devil mask kind of a thing. Jumps out and tackles the other one, and then they wrestle around and they're having a great time. Uh, they go back to the ha- now. We're gonna spend some time with these kids. There's two, the two, two identical twins, Lucas and Elias, which is actually the real names of the the kids that play these two. Uh, they go back to their house, which is actually a really nice house. I assume to be somewhere in the Austrian Alps or perhaps uh, the German countryside. It, it's definitely European. I can tell you that. But uh, beautiful house. Um, very, it reminded me of the house in uh, uh, You Should Have Left with all that concrete going on. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, and they're pretty much there by themselves, at least for the time being. So a good chunk of our movie, and I'm going to glaze past a lot of this because a lot of this is uh, boring and I'm not sure what the point of it is. But we just see a lot of footage of these two guys these two twins killing time. I'm going to put them up probably about 10, 11 years old, maybe eight or nine, I don't know. And it's just a lot of them jumping on the trampoline, uh, having a burping contest. Um, what else? Uh, getting like weird slap fights, uh, chasing each other around, shit like that. That's a, that's, this is an hour and uh, 41 minutes. I'm going to say a good hour of that is just nothing but these two kids fucking off. So be prepared for that. And with not really any context or anything. All right, so they go back to the house where uh, their mother is waiting for them. Now, the mom, the mother, as they call her in this situation, is a bit of a weird, weird individual because, number one, her face is all bandaged up, okay? Um, we don't know what happened to her other than she had some kind of an operation and now her and her sons are staying in this house to, for her to heal and rest and get some, some, I don't know, some kind of recovery time. So that's very cool. Now here's the problem. And this was a big tell for me because once they get back to the house, mom's, uh, pouring them a glass of fruit punch or something like that, but she only pours one glass of fruit punch. Now, Lucas is the one of the brothers, and he is like, I guess you would say he's being ignored by his mother. So instead of addressing his mother, he constantly whispers in Elias' ear, and then Elias addresses mother for Lucas. 
Anybody else getting a weird vibe off of this? And then what, what's even stranger, well, I mean, it's not strange because we know where this movie's going, is that um, Mother never addresses Lucas directly or makes any insinuations about Lucas's uh, presence. And um, it's, dude, we know where this is going. We've seen this before. It's the uninvited. It's a tale of two sisters. And this is exactly where it's headed. This one's going to take a bit of a turn into the ultraviolet for a second or two, but that's that's what's happening, and it's not very hard to figure it out. Uh, for example, in this scene, uh, Elias is wearing a blue tank top, and Lucas is wearing a red one. All the whole throughout the movie, these kids wear tank tops. It's either red and blue or um, black and white. In which case, Elias wears uh, white and Lucas wears black. So. They're, they're trying to Tyler Durden us here, guys, is what they're trying to do. And they're not fucking doing it because we've seen too many of these fucking movies and we know what to look for. And if, there's a reason why mom is not addressing Lucas and Lucas won't speak to mom directly. Either way, it's still a weird fucking situation. Mom looks like a, a fucking extra from The Mummy. And this is kind of a creepy house, and it's very secluded out in this vast estate of woods and farms and things like that. And uh, it's pretty nutty. Now, we're going to move from there directly into a game of um, Who Am I or What Am I, whatever. I don't know what that game is called, but it's where you write something and then you on a post-it note, and then you stick it to your forehead, and you have to ask the people around you questions. You know, am I a person, place, or a thing? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what the name of that game is, but they're playing it. Uh, you'll notice that Luke, Lucas and Elias always answer the questions in unison at the same time and uh, with the same answer also. And uh, from that, we learn a few things about mom. Mom is a TV personality. Uh, she, I believe she's the host of a game show, but it's we don't really get into mom's career too much. And uh, mom has recently had some surgery and that's why they're recovering so she's some kind of a mid-level celebrity is what's what's going on here that's how she can afford this big house that's uh probably uh, we we have to assume at this point that the surgery she had is cosmetic and it's for her career or something like that so it's interesting it's a kind of a i mean it's not a huge plot point but it is worth pointing out i suppose uh, from there, we get into Luke. Now, Lucas and Elias are basically left to fend for themselves during the day because mom has to recover from her surgery, and thus she sleeps all day, and she's pretty pilled up, too, which is going to come into play later. But these two kids are bored to tears, and uh, or one kid, I should say, are bored to tears, and they have nothing but time on their hands. Um they don't have video games. Well, they have one cell phone that they can sometimes play video games on, but they don't have like a PS4 or any kind of internet access. So basically, they just go run through the countryside all day long. Uh, on this particular day, they come to a cemetery with a crypt in it. They decide they're going to go down to the crypt and start poking around where they find a cat. Uh, they decide they're going to keep him as a pet, so they take him home. And uh, they name him Leo. And they have to hide him from Mother because Mother doesn't want any uh, pets in the house, I guess. So uh, they've got Leo under the bed. And Leo's in a bad way to begin with, dude. I think he was eating dead people or something. Because he's uh, maybe he's a lot older than he looks. I don't know. But he's like limping around and he's making weird noises. So off the bat, you get the idea that Leo ain't going to last too long. And he doesn't. 
Uh, either way, they take him home and they hide him under the bed. As they're hiding him, mom spots them hiding something. So she like kicks the door in and she's like, what the hell? What's going on here? And they're like, I don't know, mom. Uh, nothing. Just, uh, uh, I don't know. Whatever. So she starts rooting around their room and she finds a lighter and uh, a Coke bottle. I guess they're not allowed to have Cokes. And she takes the lighter. And this part is kind of weird because... This is, this is the first inkling that we get that something may uh, be a foul. Uh, she takes a lighter and she's like, what are you guys doing with this, li- this lighter? And Elias is like, I thought I would burn some books later. <laughs> In true German fashion, I thought I would burn some books, you know. Uh, now, she takes the lighter and then she does like a weird body choke maneuver on him as some kind of punishment. I guess in lieu of slapping him, she like... Um, Basically, just lays down on top of him for like ten seconds or so, and he's like, "Ah, get, get off me, get crazy, bitch!" It's we- it's a weird thing, man. I don't know what's what the deal is there. I don't know if we were getting into some sexual abuse, or maybe she's practicing some amateur wrestling moves. But it's very strange. It's a very weird way to go. She like pushes him over on the bed, then lays on top of him in almost a sexual fashion, and then. On on the on the top bunk, Lucas is like beating on the hey mom, get off him, get off him, mom. Again, she does not acknowledge Lucas, but she does kind of be like, okay, I'm gonna get off you and I'm gonna take this fucking lighter and I'm out of here. So that's kind of strange, man. That's uh that's a weird situation. I mean, this situation is weird to begin with, and it's just getting weirder and weirder. So that night, uh, we discover the boys have another peculiar habit, which is collecting cockroaches and keeping them in a uh rubber made tub and apparently they have a cockroach problem and it's not the the little cockroaches these are like the big hissing madagascar things you know what i'm talking about the they're like the size of a uh of a pink eraser and they got the i don't know i think they make noise or something but they're the big scary looking fucking things and these kids are rounding them up and keeping them in this big rubber made thing for some fucking reason i'm not sure what the point of that is and to be honest with you, that doesn't really come into play at any point later in the movie. I think it was just to say, hey, look at these weird kids. And in which case, yeah, they a couple of weirdos, or at least one weirdo, because the other one clearly is... <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, so that's kind of strange. These kids are fucking weird, man. Um, the next, within the next couple of days, they do some more weird shit. Uh, they find that uh, Leo goes missing. Leo the cat goes missing. They find him down behind the water heater, and he has passed away. Now, they I felt jumped to su- some conclusions in assuming that their mom had something to do with Leo's death. That cat was knocking on death's door when they found him. Fucking thing was hanging out in a cemetery for Christ's sakes, as if to say, "I'm ch- I'm checking out. This I'm just going to go over here and wait." But instead, they brought it home and tried to feed it some shit, and it just went down to the water heater and died anyway, so who gives a shit? Either way, they're all butthurt about it, and they're like, God damn, mom killed our fucking cat, son of a bitch. Now, okay, this is, this is where things get even weirder, because instead of, like, confronting mom or being like, you bitch, how, what'd you kill our cat for? What they do instead, they get themselves an atrium, fill it about halfway up with water, uh put the cat the dead cat in the the atrium floating in the water and then they set that on the coffee table for mom to find which is a very strange i don't know if that was like a prank like a 
hey, you got punked. Here's a dead cat on your coffee table or um, like some kind of a warning. But needless to say, mom comes down. She finds the dead cat on the coffee table and she's like, the fuck is this? So they're what they're like hiding behind a curtain watching her and she sees them. They're not hiding from anybody. She's like, all right, you want to you want to put some dead fucking cats on my coffee table? Now it's on you little bastards. So she goes to their cockroach collection, fills up a jar of cockroaches, comes down and starts splashing the cockroaches into the dead cat water. So she gets like three or four handfuls on and then they come out and they're like, hey, stop throwing our cockroaches around. And she's like, oh, you little shits, come here. She grabs Elias and takes Elias, whatever, takes him upstairs to uh, his room, separates him from Lucas, okay? Now, if we didn't already know what was going on, it's going to become crystal clear in a second because she takes Elias into his room, slams the door, separating him from Lucas, and then starts making him repeat that, um, that he will not speak to Lucas. Don't talk to your brother anymore. And then she like like cell phone tapes it also, which is even weirder. It's like she's making some kind of a weird YouTube torture, kid torture video. Not, Lucas isn't, you just pretend he's not even here. He's not here. Don't talk to Lucas. And at this point, the kids are getting suspicious. Now, there's a possible plot twist, which may have went somewhere here. Instead, they went with the formulaic route and that the kids are starting to think that the lady with the bandages on her face is not, in fact, their mother, but some kind of an imposter mother, which, okay, it would be very weird, but it's a, it's, it's a possibility, right? Now, that could have been something. That could have been a place, a, a, a more original place to go, but that's not where we're going. That's just where the kids went. So, uh, eventually she opens the door. Lucas runs in to comfort Elias. Elias is all butthurt. And, you know, I think she did slap him once or twice. And, uh, Lucas runs in there to comfort him. She walks out and then they have this discussion about that's not our mother. That's not our mother. There's no way that could be our mother. Our mother would never do that. Who is that lady under those bandages anyway? What the hell is going on here? So that night they get really curious and start doing a little Google searching uh what they find is that they're i mean they, they google search their mother and you know they see the game show that she hosted they see her on tv and she's very beautiful and all that stuff and um they're like ah, yeah okay they find out that the house that they're living in right now is actually for sale and that's kind of weird because mom didn't mention anything about moving anywhere anytime soon so what's up with that um also as they're continuing to google they're like looking at what happened with mom's divorce from dad dad's just not in this picture any anymore at all so now what they what i feel the filmmakers were trying to do is set us up to to think that mom was some kind of a psycho fan imposter that had killed real mom and was now assuming her identity in a very nefarious way which would have been something. That would have been a lot more original than what we got. Uh, but anyway, the kids are buying into this, and they're like, oh, shit, what is this? So then they start looking through the uh, like the, the family pic- picture albums. All the pictures of Dad have been removed. Uh, wedding pictures out. Uh, pictures of 
dad holding babies out. And there's like these vast chunks of the wedding album or the uh, photo album that are missing. So they're like, what the fuck is this? Eventually, they do come across one picture of mom sitting next to another young lady, like in a weird uh, grass field kind of a thing. And they're like, who's this? And she looks, they look startlingly similar, like they could be sisters. So like, oh, who the shit is this? What's going on here? Uh, mom, they, from there we get a very wacky dream sequence which was actually actually kind of hot in a weird way uh, the kids I guess they had this well I'm going to come out and tell you right now there's only one fucking kid and if you haven't figured it out by now I'm sorry but there's only one kid and Lucas is a figment of Elias's imagination the big reveal is going to come at the end and it's going to expedite things if i just tell you that up front so there it is i'm sorry if i ruined it or spoiled it for you but dude i'm telling you if you watch this movie you're gonna spot that almost immediately mom isn't addressing lucas nobody's addressing lucas lucas isn't addressing anybody either he has to talk through elias it's it's they couldn't have made it they may as well have just made him into some kind of a zombie ghost thing or something because they made it that obvious right up front moving on they have a, a pretty hot little dream sequence where mom they wake up and mom is walking out into the woods and as she's walking she's taking her face bandages off and as she's going she's also stripping naked and then uh, we find out that mom has a pretty banging body underneath all that uh, weird weird face bandage stuff. Um, she gets out there and then she does like a Marilyn Manson head shake and then they wake up and they're all freaked out. Uh, from there they decide now now they full on decided and are steadfast on the resolution that that is not in fact their mother um they need to get rid of this bitch or you know find out what happened to their real mother whoever whoever this imposter may be so this part gets pretty weird uh (coughs) excuse me they put a baby monitor underneath her bed and they find out that she is taking pretty heavy doses of sleeping pills at night so what they do is once she falls asleep, they go in there and basically feed her a live cockroach every night, which is pretty disgusting. Um, I don't know what the point of that is, really. I don't think eating cockroaches would kill you. I know they do that in certain countries. Um, maybe it was their idea of, uh, I don't know, some kind of a prank, that you got punked or something. You've eaten 26 cockroaches. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> That's stupid. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know what the point of that is, other than to show that the kids are um, jacked up, which we kind of already figured out. Uh, so that's pretty gnarly. Um, they now begin like this weird Home Alone esque preparation of something. Um, it's getting pretty pretty wacky, dude. We see them like uh, saving their urine. What's up with that? I don't know. And. To be honest with you, thinking about it now, the urine thing doesn't come, it never shows back up in the entire movie, but they're saving it for something. Um, They've got like a toy crossbow that's got the bolts with the suction cup uh, tips, Um, but they're taking the suction cups off and sharpening the tips to a point so it would, in fact, be a real crossbow to an extent. Um, what else are they doing? They've got like wire they're setting up, like trip trip lines and things like that. It's getting pretty gnarly. Um, Mom is getting more and more pissed because they're getting real st- standoffish. 
And on more than one occasion, they come out and they're like, you're not a real mom. And she's like, yes, I am, you fucking morons. No, you're not. What'd you do with our real mom? I am your real mom, you wacky fucks. Oh, no, you didn't. So one night she gets really pissed about this whole thing and she just shoves Elias into a room. Uh, somehow, Lucas was already in that room, coincidentally, and thus they're like shoved into that room together. Uh, she locks, well, first she locks them in and then they kind of barricade themselves in while they're undergoing all these uh, home alone preparations, which is pretty nutty. Um, in the meantime, we're going to cut back to mom who is taking the bandages off and we get to see mom finally without the bandages. Um, um, I, I mean, she looks exactly like their mom. She looks exactly like the lady that they Googled, uh, birthmark on a cheek, fairly attractive, very, uh, European looking, very Scandinavian, I guess, for lack of a better term. She does not appear to have eyebrows. So I think that must be a Scandinavian thing. Either that or they're so fucking blonde that they just blend in with the rest of her pasty skin and you can't even see them. I don't know. I don't. I, I realize that was probably racially insensitive now that I heard the words coming out of my mouth. Uh, regardless, she is like, hey, uh, uh, you know, like the next day or so, she goes and knocks on their door. They're all barricaded in there. She's like, hey, guys, um, look, I'm really sorry about, you know, uh, threatening you and doing all that shit. Can we uh, can we open the door and maybe we can be friends again? And they're like, I don't think so. It's like, oh come on, guys! I was, I'm sorry. I said I was sorry. Let's just talk this over, okay? So eventually, she talks them into moving the barricades away from the door. They let her in. They get to see mom without the uh, the bandages on, and she's like, "Hey, it's me, your mom. How about that?" And they're like, "Well, I don't know. You kind of look like mom, but I don't know." So at this point, they've pretty much resigned themselves to the fact, and regardless of what she looks like or what she might say, they've resigned themselves to the fact that this is not, in fact, their mother. This is some kind of an imposter that has had cosmetic surgery to impersonate their mother and assume her identity. And they're pretty sure it's that other hot chick from the, uh, the picture, which would be a fair assessment if that's the logic you choose to follow. Um... From there, they it's time to hatch their ingenious scheme. So what they do is they wait for mom to pill herself up and go to bed, listening to her on the baby monitor. Once she falls asleep, they run in there and tie her up to the bed. Now, a couple of problems here, boys. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, this is finally the first semblance of a horror movie that we're gonna that we've seen in this movie. Um, and we are at the hour mark, at least. And there's a there's a part where they try to run. I'm like I said, dude. I'm glazing over a lot of this because there is a lot of shit that just doesn't matter. They run. They, at one point, they try to run away. They go to this weird ghost town where they go talk to a priest, and the priest is like, "Oh, your mom, uh, she's an imposter. Well, let's go to the police station and tell them the story." And they're like, "Yeah, dude, take us to the police station." But instead, he takes them right back to their mom. And then there's a whole lot of footage of them uh, whispering to each other and, uh, you know, with the traps and the bullshit. Dude, this is an hour and 41 minutes. We could have easily knocked this down to an hour and 20. Regardless, uh, finally, we are getting into horror territory here because they have tied their mom to the bed. Uh, Feet, both arms, she's immobilized. She comes to, 
sees uh, Elias and Lucas standing over her. She's like, dude, what the fuck are you guys up to now? Why am I tied to the bed, for Christ's sakes? Like, what'd you do with our real mom? She's like, I am your real mom, you nutbags. Untie me. Uh, I don't think so. You're not a real mom. She's like, yes, I am. Look at me. Look at my face. And they're like, uh, you're not a real mom. What'd you do with our real mom? She's like, look at me, you crazy bitch. I am your mom. And then uh, this part is kind of weird because they actually, she has a birthmark like on her cheek. They like uh, rub it off. They like lick their thumb, their thumb and rub it right off. So she's been drawing that fucking thing on. She's so there for a second. They're like, our mom had a birthmark right there on her cheek. You've been drawing that shit on. What happened? She's like, okay, okay, listen. I didn't want to freak you guys out, but the doctors had to remove that birth birthmark because it was actually some form of skin cancer. And uh, but it's kind of like my celebrity trademark thing. And I didn't want to weird you guys out by having you think I wasn't your mom, so I drew it on there. And they're like, "Well, that sounds exactly like somebody, something somebody would say that's not our mom." So, oh, fucking god, will you just untie me for Christ's sakes? And they're like, "No." So now is when the uh, the ultraviolet part kicks in here, kids. Uh, they're trying to get her to talk and to give up the location of their real mother and to tell uh, them what, what's going on. So the first thing they do is burn her face with a fucking magnifying glass. That probably hurts a lot. I would assume. I, I mean, being burnt with anything sucks, I'm sure. But they like strap her head to the headboard so that she can't move her face. And then they burn a hole in her face with a magnifying glass. Ah, that sounds pretty pretty miserable. They're like, you can tell us where our mother is now? And she's like, no, you motherfuckers. You just burnt me with a magnifying glass. Get the fuck out of here. Get the goddamn scissors and untie me. I'm done fucking around with you guys. You better tell us where our mother is. If you think I kidnapped your mother, then call the fucking cops. Get them over here and they can question me. That sounds like something who kidnapped our mother would say. All right, you crazy bitches. She's getting pretty pissed off. And you'll have to excuse my reenactment. <laughs> uh, believe me, it sounds much more artic- articulate in German than it does with my uh, bullshit slang, I guess. But um, eventually, I mean, the, the torture goes on. They, uh, what else do they do? Oh, they cut her with a uh, uh, box cutter, ironically. Uh, I think they uh, did something to her hands, like, punched holes in her hands or something like that uh, but really fucked her up now that this goes on all night into the next day the next day there's a knock on the door the the guy the kids look outside and they see two uh people wearing red cross jackets now this must be a cultural thing that i don't understand but the two kids are like oh shit uh everybody quiet quiet everybody be quiet they throw some duct tape over mom's mouth everybody be quiet they'll just go away instead the two uh, Red Cross people just let themselves in. They're just looking for donations for the red local Red Cross. Uh, that shit doesn't happen in America. I could tell you that. You just let yourself into somebody's house, you're going to get shot, Red Cross or not. They come in, they're like, hello, is anybody here? They start walking around. There must be somebody here. The door was open. Hello, hello. Mom starts struggling like a maniac, and she thinks if she can make enough noise, they'll hear her. So the kids run down there to talk to the Red Cross agents. Uh, they're like, hey, man, uh, is your mom home? And they're like, no, no. 
Um, you know when she's going to be back? Uh, yeah, kind of soon, I think, or maybe later. I don't know. So the Red Cross agents are like, okay, well, we're just going to sit here and wait then. That's got to be a German thing, dude. That would, that's got to be wildly uncomfortable. So now the two kids are chilling in the kitchen with these two random Red Cross agents. Eventually, Lucas gives Elias the apes. Hey, hey, come over here. Let me talk to you. Go in the other room. They dig 50 bucks out of mom's purse. Go out there, hand it to the Red Cross agents, and eventually they go on their merry way. Uh, There's like a weird conversation about, you know, are you sure your mom's okay with this? And they're like, yeah, she always gives you guys 50 bucks, and there you go. And they're like, okay, thanks for the donation. Here's a a Band-Aid for you. (laughs) You just bought a $50 Band-Aid. Like, okay, okay, bye, bye. As the Red Cross agent's leaving, Mom gets her duct tape off her mouth and starts screaming, but they're already halfway down the quarter-mile-long driveway. They can't hear a fucking thing. So now the kids run upstairs, and they they crazy glue Mom's mouth shut, which is pretty gnarly. Like, they put a good slathering on it, too, like all the way up to the nose. Uh, She can't breathe. I mean, she can, but it's very labored, and she... Like, eventually, they're like, oh, shit, man, we probably shouldn't have done that. She can't eat. So they try to uh, cut the, the the crazy glue off with a pair of scissors, end up slashing mom's face to whole shit because, uh, you know, she's struggling to get away. Now, again, they start with the torture. Where's mom? Where's my mom? What'd you do with my mom? And she's like, I am your mom. This part is particularly gnarly, dude, because... They 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 go they go back to real torture land and this time they take like a piece of razor wire. I I don't know what kind of it's some kind of wire. Uh, it looked it was doing some damage. And uh, the only way I can describe this scene is is if to say that they were um, flossing mom's teeth with this razor wire most vigorously and doing a lot of damage to her gums. That had to be painful as shit. Almost like they were doing like a saw, like a you know the, those old saw wires that you use to cut down trees. You know what I'm talking about? It's like one of those, except in between like four of your teeth. And they're just ripping and pulling at this shit. Blood's going all over the place. Uh, in the throes of this torture session, of course, mom pisses herself, as she should. And they're like, oh, shit, mom just pissed herself. Now this room's starting to stink. So they agree to let mom use the restroom. Mom is like, oh, God. You assholes have completely fucked up my plastic surgery. I'm going to go take a shit, and when I get back, I'm going to kick both your asses. So she gets up, naturally, instead of going to the bathroom, she just breaks for the front door, hauling ass as fast as she can. Uh, Elias grabs the weird crossbow pencil thing and starts like firing the bolts at her, but they're all missing. She makes it to the front door, out the front door where she trips on one of those trip lines and smacks her forehead off the concrete, knocking her unconscious. Oh, shit. Right back in she goes. Now, when she comes to, she's now laying in the living room and she's got a bunch of candles burning quietly about her. Uh, she is like, what the fuck is this? Elias is standing over her wearing one of those, uh, wearing that crazy devil mask that we saw at the beginning of the movie. So you're going to tell me what you did with my mom? And she's like, uh, Elias, come on. And this is where we get the big reveal. She's like, Elias, come on, man. We've done this before. Why don't you untie... She's tied up again. Why don't you untie me and we can go and... We'll go to the hospital. I'll get looked at and we can talk, okay? It wasn't your fault that Lucas died. And that's your big reveal. 
that anybody with a horror education would have saw coming in the first five minutes of this movie, Lucas is a figment of Elias's imagination, and Elias is a, a little psychopath. Apparently, there was an accident earlier in the, in his youth, and Lucas was killed, and Elias never uh, really dealt with that, so now he's created him as an imaginary persona, and there you go. And now there, he's a bit of a psychopath also because he's doing all this weird shit. So he's like, you're not going to tell me where my real mom is. Fuck you. I am your real mom. So he uh, drops the candle and the place catches on fire. And she's like, come on, untie me, you fucker. Now, apparently, a dead cat in a tank of water uh, becomes highly flammable. Because the next candle goes into that thing, which lights that on fire. I guess in a weird way, the fat in the dead cat would burn. So that makes sense. Uh, But... You know, uh, mom is like screaming, help, get me out of here, you fucker, you just put the place on fire. Instead, he kicks the dead cat container over, which, if if the dead cat container is still on the table, where they put it, it had to have been sitting there for at least two or three days. And the uh, Red Cross collectors would have had to have walked right past it to get to the kitchen where they were hanging out, which is another level of strange and possibly a plot hole or, um, I don't know, some very unobservant Red Cross collectors at the very least. I imagine that thing would start to smell. Either way, the whole shit catches on fire. Mom's screaming about dead Lucas. You gotta quit talking to Lucas. He's dead. It's not your fault. Quit blaming yourself. And then the the dead cat container kind of uh, cracks open. The fluid goes spilling all over the place, causing everything to catch on fire, including Mom. Uh, who's now covered in uh, dead cat juice. She goes up in flames. Whole house goes up in flames. Elias calmly walks out into the the cornfield. And then we see the fire trucks and all that shit coming in. And, oh, look at the big, we got to put the fire out and all that. Uh, Elias walking calmly through the cornfield um, and then eventually comes out, I guess, on the other side of the cornfield where him, like like a happy version of him and mom and Lucas are standing there and they're all smiling at the camera. For like a good two, three minutes, they just stand there smiling at the camera, shit-eating grins on their face. That's, that part was kind of creepy. And that's pretty much the end of your movie, man. Um, it's not the worst thing I've seen. Um, I didn't expect it to end that way, but I did definitely catch the, uh, you know, the twist. It, they, dude, they made it plainly obvious early and often that Lucas was not a real kid. He was either a ghost or some kind of a multiple personality type of a situation. Could be a Tyler Durden type of a deal. He's not a real fucking kid, man, is what it is. And uh, I'm sorry, but we knew that. We caught that very early. Uh, that being said, it's if you want to see a better version of this, watch The Uninvited. Uh, watch uh, Tale of Two Sisters. Um, they're, they're, it's the same movie, except those ones I've, I think are a little bit better and a little less uh, pretentious. This one gets a little, you know, with the fucking house and the mom. And I, f- I feel like it would have been much better if mom had, in fact, ended up being an imposter. And uh, I don't know, went, went some other direction with that. It didn't. It went exactly where we thought it would. So that being said, I think I'm going to drop two skulls on this bad guy. I say you can skip Goodnight Mommy. If you got to watch it, really the only reason to watch it is for the torture scenes at the end. 
because you're a sick bastard like that, aren't you? <laughs> All right, you fuckers. I'm going to take a little break. I'll come back with some other stuff here in a minute.
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back. Deacon? What? I brought you in to help me finish the show. Do you feel up to the task as it has been explained to you? Yes, please. Pirate song. I can see already this was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Deacon is in the house. What's up, Dee Dee? You just had some mac and cheese for dinner? Yes. Very nice. You want to help me close the show out? Sure. First, a slice of advice from your old dad. Never tie your mom to the bed and torture her. What? Exactly. Let's get into the... Are you ready to get into the Terror Dome? Let's do it. Baby. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. I'll kill you all. Dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. To the Terradome. First, last week's winners. Actually, Deke, let's we'll, let's get your vote on this. Who do you think would win in a fight between King Kong and the Blob? Who's the Blob? The Blob is a big jelly mass that just swallows people whole. Hmm. If the Blob was bigger than King Kong, yes, the Blob. Okay, that's another one for the blob. Wait, you picked the blob too? Yep, uh, just about everybody did, except for Troy and Monica. Monica, why didn't you pick the blob? I know, the crazy lady. Uh, with a vote of 8-2-3, the blob advances over King Kong. Let's take a look at this me- this week's matchup, shall we? In this week's matchup, fighting out of the red corner at a height that is unknown, a weight that is unknown... He has the ability to fly. He is also amphibious, has human followers, strength, and durability. He is the great old one, Mighty Cthulhu. And fighting out of the blue corner, he has tentacles and an underwater habitation. His height and weight are non-applicable. He is of the species Octopus Humongous. He is the Kraken. Deacon, who do you think would win in a fight between Cthulhu and the Kraken? Tough decision, isn't it? Yeah. 
Can the Kraken eat people's head off? Yes. Then the Kraken. It's one for the Kraken. I, on the other hand, am going with Cthulhu because I think that Cthulhu could take the Kraken out of water, and I don't think the Kraken can live outside of water. Cthulhu has wings. He can fly. Just saying. I'm just saying, Didi, that's your Terradome matchup for the week, inmates. It's Cthulhu versus the Kraken. As usual, get us your uh, votes by next week if you can. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or get us on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. While you're contemplating that fight and who might win in or out of the water, I'm going to take a moment to tell you which movies I got to watch this week. Not that many. Because I had a very busy week. Isn't that right, Deacon? Wait, did did you did you watch um the move did you watch the movies and you know which one? I did. I keep track of it right here. What are you looking at? about Rabbit from 2019, the Soska Sisters remake of the David Cronenberg classic, Deacon? You know what I'm talking about. Is it, um... Hmm. Pinhead? No. It's that movie I watched in the living room with with the girl that has to drink blood. She has that weird tentacle thing that comes out of her armpit. You caught some of it with me, didn't you? It was a weird movie. I liked it. With the boy? What? With the boy? There was a boy in it, yes. I thought it was a pretty good show. I don't know that I like it as much as the original, because there's an original version of that that was made in 1979. But this one wasn't bad. What did you think of it, pal? Hmm. All right, I got to watch uh, that and the Alpha Incident from 1978. Did that one for my Patreon show, the, the one that Daddy does all by himself. Without anybody? Without anybody. Uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty silly movie. It's basically Night of the Living Dead, that, but in a train station with an alien contagion. The okay. alien crud. Oh, you sat, you sat in on that, that episode with me, remember? Yeah. The alien crud. That's silly. That's a silly movie, I feel like. Yeah. Alien crud. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants it. Did you get to watch any movies this week, Deacon? With you? Yeah, at all. The people that drowned in the lake. People that drowned in the lake. What are you talking about? You know that lake monster? Oh, buddy, I was just kidding. (laughs) We took Deacon and uh, his sister to the lake last weekend, and I told him some scary stories about a lake monster and the people that drowned in the lake. Ooh, had you going, didn't I? Uh, your dad's a bit of a jerk at some at points. <laughs> All right, how about some immersion therapy then, Buckaroo? Immersion therapy. Is that Pennywise? No, it's mommy. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we watched a movie called we summon the darkness 
it wasn't bad. It's uh, a throwback to the 80s. It has Alexandra Daddario and Johnny Knoxville in it. Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville used to be on an old TV show called Jackass, Deke, where he would basically do stupid stunts and get hurt a lot. But now he's gone on to somewhat of a serious acting career, or at least he's trying to. And now he's in a movie called We Summon the Darkness about three really attractive young ladies that are trying to uh, murder people and make it look like it's some kind of a black magic ritual. Sounds pretty gnarly, doesn't it? Don't eat your boogers. Do not eat your boogers. Dude, don't eat your boogers. That's gross. Don't have me tell mommy that I caught you eating a booger, dude. She will beat us both up. Probably for that. That was not a booger. That was a booger. I saw the booger. It was right here. I don't think so. I think it was up in the nose area. <laughs> I just caught him eating a booger, inmates. Uh, no, that was... Oh, boy. Right next to my mouth. That's going on your permanent record, sir. If anybody... Blah. Hey. Blah. If anybody... If anybody wants... Do you think that I... I was in my nose or in... He was clearly in his nose. He was knuckle deep all up in that nose. Or in my mouth. Getting a booger to put in his mouth. If You, you nasty guy. If you say... You nasty guy. If you say... Oh, yuck. If you say... We summon the darkness, dude. Definitely worth checking out. Got a very 80s throwback vibe to it. Um, I don't know that you should watch it. Because there's a lot of... Um, innuendo and see where my tongue is is not is where i was picking not over here Uh uh-huh nose picker booger eater you're a booger eater if you okay your immersion therapy for this week is hex from 2019 starring kelly blatz jenny boyd and ross mccall you can find this one on 2b tv inmates check that out we'll do the same and compare notes next week now we must educate Miss Monica and Darian. Educating Miss Monica. Miss Monica is not here, but I can tell you right now who she was. She was a movie called The Guest, which I think Alan is right about. It's not really a horror movie. It's more like an action thriller type of a deal, but it's still a pretty good show. I liked it. A guy goes and beats up a bunch of guys and kills some dudes, and uh, he's like a crazy military assassin kind of a guy, Deacon, so that's pretty gnarly, right? And there's some pretty good gore in there, too. Who might I be, you ask? Well, I will tell you. I am a newlywed young lady with an uh, um, addiction problem, and I am recovering from my addiction. Uh, my husband is a long-haul trucker that spends a long time away from the weird cabin-in-the-woods situation that we got going on, which is where all the weird stuff happens. That may or may not involve my deceased, albeit highly abusive, uh, father, and uh, it's pretty great. The 
could also be uh, a demonic presence. And there could also be uh, a cheating husband. And there could also be uh, a kidnapping. Who might I be inmates? Clue in. Check us out next week and we'll fill you in on all the details. How about a murderer? A murderer? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that comes into play too. And there's some weird stuff that goes down with a priest. But we're not going to give them any more clues, Didi. That being said, I think that's about going to do us for the week, big guy. Go to paddedroompodcast.com. Check out the Patreon link there. Leave us a five-star review on whatever app you found this uh, podcast on. That helps us out quite a bit. If you can if you can find the time to drop something in the comments, it doesn't matter what you put in there, but that helps our visibility quite a bit. Uh, join us next week for The Shallows. Guess what we're doing next month, Deacon? Shark movies. Yeah, you can watch Jaws. I'm going to watch Jaws. Yes! You going to watch it with me? Yes. You going to protect me from the big sharks? Yeah. You better, because they're pretty scary, dude. And your Uncle Tim in Australia really likes himself some shark movies. So we're going to do shark movies all month uh, for uh, September, starting with The Shallows. The Shallows is the Jaws. Is Jaws? No, Jaws is Jaws. The Shallows is a different movie about a killer shark. Oh. It's pretty good. It's not bad. You, I'll let you watch that one with me if you want. Okay. But you're going to be scared to go in the water because big, big sharks and stuff. I'm going to be scared if mommy's, if I say, Mommy, there's sharks in this lake, then she'll say then she'll say no or yes. Exactly. Comment below if you know. Exactly right, Deacon. <laughs> Four, Deacon, my son, Miss Monica and Buddy, both in absentia. Buddy's son, who's still in the hospital. Um, TV shows that have been canceled. Remakes that may or may not be better than the original. Um, Kids who you know damn well aren't really there. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Bye, everybody. I can see you next time.